Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right, my friends. You are listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. Yes, I'm your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Voice is still a little bit eh, bothersome here this morning, but... I think we will get by. Again, Oz is taking care of me with some warm drinks, some honey, and some all kinds of goodies here with me this morning. So bear with me as, again, this happens to me just about every, every, um, in the summer, fall. Um, So do my best here. Thanks for your patience and understanding. I want to start today couple things I want to get into today. I want to start with a doctor on CNN, a doctor on CNN, a guest who has, uh, well, kind of come out and, and said what we've all, I guess, suspected. Maybe different people for different reasons. Some people say, well, of course, we'll never get back to normal because of what COVID is, other people would say, well, of course, we'll never get back to to normal because of how we're reacting or some combination between those two things. So I want to play here this morning. I want to play here this morning a clip between Jake, uh, Jake Tapper of CNN and um, Dr. Megan Rainey who is a contributor on CNN and Jake. Well, she's on with CNN. It's not with Jake Tapper. Sorry, Jake Tapper had tweeted about this. She's not on with Jake Tapper. She's on another another program, a program called Inside Politics Sunday. <clears throat> really quickly, too, last night the television show, the television show aired, and I heard from quite a few of you, and I just wanted to say thank you for the the kind thought, uh, thoughts and comments and feedback. Um, I enjoyed shooting the television program. We do a couple of episodes at a time, and so it was. It's it's an adjustment adjustment for me. Um, I never had never done it before. Um, you know, I felt I felt prepared and I got comfortable quickly, but it was a little bit foreign to me and slightly uncomfortable at the beginning so hopefully that's okay i think many of you um well we heard lots of good things so i just wanted to say thank you for those who took the time to email or text us or whatever which by the way you can text us messages anytime as well 317-455-5250 doesn't have to be good just make it make it worth it make it count all i say um so just you know, do with that what you may. So let's get back here to this soundbite. Dr. Ramey explains why she thinks 
and maybe this is actually spot on accurate, that we will never go back to pre-pandemic normal here in the United States. The coronavirus is not going away, or can we ever go back to a pre-pandemic reality? We are never going to go back to a pre-pandemic reality. And I do agree that we do have to become comfortable with the fact that this virus is going to be sticking around. Our goal is to decrease severe illness, hospitalization, and death. But there are still some things that we don't really know. We don't know how much this novel variant, the Delta variant, affects children. It is our responsibility to keep them safe until they can get vaccinated. And it's our responsibility to stop these surges while there are still so many who are unvaccinated. Listen, there are 200 hospital workers in San Francisco who've gotten sick over the last couple of weeks because of exposure largely to unvaccinated people who caught Delta, who then got the vaccinated sick. That's not fair. So yes, we have to learn to live with this, but today is not the moment where we drop our precautions. When we get all of our kids vaccinated, when we know a little more about the long-term effects of the breakthroughs, then that's the point at which this becomes yet another virus that is part of our day-to-day life. Serious words, never going back. Uh, Dr. Megan Rennie, thank you for your insight and for joining us this morning. All right, I may have mispronounced that. It might be Dr. Rennie. But regardless, regardless, um, she's claiming a lot there, which starts with the fact that she believes anyway that we're not going back to normal. And by the way, I kind of want to break down this this argument, this argument that she said there in that oh, minute or so answer that she provided there on, on CNN, she said that it's not fair that the unvaccinated are making the vaccinated sick. Now, I just have some questions about this because this is the kind of, you know, when I hear someone say that, my first thought is, well, isn't the vaccine supposed to get the vaccinated from prevent them from getting sick, right? Isn't that the point? And I can hear the response. Well, no, it doesn't prevent someone from getting sick. It just prevents against serious illness, against hospitalization, and against death. And to that, I would say, well, are the folks who are vaccinated dying? Are they in the hospitals? Are they seriously ill and to that i know what they say because of what they have said and the answer to that is no in fact dr fauci said that this uh this is a a pandemic amongst the unvaccinated so they they would admit that the vaccine is protecting the uh those that are vaccinated and then to that, I would say, well, isn't that what you told us would happen? Isn't this precisely what you told us we were shooting for? When we went back in time, of course, if we go far enough back in time, they criticized Trump's efforts for developing the vaccine. It's amazing. And, and Biden's speech last week on, on COVID, he actually credited Trump. I don't know if you caught it. You probably dozed off if you watched the silly uh, the silly speech in which he was talking about dropping $100 bills to people who aren't vaccinated, who will get vaccinated, $100 bonus for doing that. He kind of apologized to the people who are already vaccinated. And you might he said something like, well, you might wonder where your $100 is, but look, folks, we just, 
We got to figure out a way to protect all of us. So let's give a hundred bucks to those who haven't been vaccinated that that will get vaccinated. And all this sort of talk there uh, last week, Thursday or Friday, I think it was Thursday. So, but he actually gave credit to Trump. I mean, he didn't say, I want to congratulate or thank President Trump. That's not what he did. But he did mention, he did mention the previous administration's effort. I don't think he mentioned by name Operation Warp Speed. But nonetheless, he did mention um, just the development that that he kind of inherited this new vaccine. He He alluded to it. He didn't, of course, directly mention it. He didn't credit Trump, but he did. If you listen to the words that he said, he did give give credit there. But this, if you go back to that point in time when we talked about the vaccine, once they stopped hating on it because it gave President Trump some form of credit for COVID, and that was not allowable uh, because we were in a presidential election year, and there was no way in hell that President Trump was going to be credited with anything besides the death of hundreds of thousands of people, right? That was the narrative. That's what they stuck to. They knew they had a guy that running for office and Joe Biden that was hiding in his basement that was a completely uninspiring, um, just, well, not very exciting, uh, just bad, bad candidate. I don't know how else to say it. A bad candidate, and they knew it, and so... This was the strategy going in. Let's take out, let's take out President Trump with so much negativity that who is, who's ever on the other side, whoever's on the ticket for us, Mickey Mouse or whoever, someone will be willing to press the button to check the box or whatever. And of course, there's other things that some of you, some of you out there would add to the plan as well. I'm not getting into that this morning, but still. Still, this is this was the plan, but the vaccine was never ever it was never going to eradicate. Once we began to understand what the vaccine was, and it's you know as they began to roll it out and explain what this thing, how it was going to work differently. There wasn't actually um, you know a dead virus in there that you're typically that you would find in in a vaccine. This was a different type of vaccine that would probably not prevent people who were vaccinated from getting infected, but would keep the infection from being as severe, minimize some of the other things. So this is precisely where they told us we would be. This is 100% precisely where they told us that we would be. So, 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 so. My question again is, if that is happening, then why why are we having this discussion? They would say, well, because we're only getting sick, we, the vaccinated in this example, we're only getting sick because of people who are unvaccinated. And so then my question would then be, do if, if you're vaccinated and sick with COVID, are you not making, does it not spread? Is that the claim? I mean... Maybe it is. I don't think I've I've heard that. Um, but if sick people are vaccinated and sick people are unvaccinated, it seems to me that that the spread can come from from both from both sources. Um, 
so again, what are we, what are we really saying here? What is the real, the real beef? I'm at some point this begins to, you know, Don Lemon said circular logic and so forth by those who don't want the vaccine. Um, but this just, I don't know, this just doesn't add up. This doesn't add up to me. Some of the things that she's, she's saying, by the way, if a vaccinated person makes an unvaccinated person sick, I think the way the media typically treats this, and don't misunderstand what I'm about to say, I'm just, the way that they typically run with this sort of stuff, if that is really what happened, the the media would actually sometimes write a headline that would say something like, the vaccinated are targeting the most vulnerable, the unvaccinated, right? I mean, this is how this, this stuff usually works, and you've got the haves and the have-nots, the va- I I just this this whole thing to me just defies just this conversation. Okay, explain to me why the vaccinated do they not shed as much virus? Would you know if if everyone was was vaccinated would would the person who had it not you know carry as much of the of the virus and be as uh, I don't know, contagious, making other you know other people vulnerable. Is that part of this? I don't know. They never explain it. They just say you're stupid for not getting it. Do you want to die? Meanwhile, they ignore some very real issues that people have had with the um, with the vaccine. So anyway, just I, again, the bottom line, what she's saying here is that we are at a point where we're not going back. To normal. In fact, you've seen some of this yesterday. If you paid attention to the news, you've seen Governor Cuomo ask actually ask businesses to not allow fulfilling the Don the Don Lemon plan, which is to completely shun people who are unvaccinated. Don't let them shop at your store. Don't let them in. Lock them out. Treat them as second class citizens. They are the problem. Right? They're the problem. So. That's where we are. Plenty more to get to today. Quick time out. Again, doing my best here with the voice. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. By the way, program brought to you in part, in part by our friends at Citizens Bank. Citizens Bank opening a new new location over in the Greenwood area, Johnson County. You can find out more. They got branches on the south and west side of Indianapolis, citizens-banking.com. There's actually a branch here in the Great metropolis of Monrovia as well. Citizens-Banking there, what, Plainfield and I think Avon. Citizens-Banking.com. Appreciate their their support. And check them out, folks. Again, supportouradvertisers.com is a place where you can go and see some of the folks that are involved. And now, by the way, I want to say that not, not everyone who's a advertiser on this program agrees with everything that is said behind this microphone, but as you well know, they certainly, certainly should be. So um, I mentioned before 
before the break that New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has asked businesses to require COVID vaccination for admission. I'm looking here at an article at CNBC.com. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said he is asking private businesses such as bars and restaurants to require proof of vaccination against COVID-19 as a condition for admission. He said to the businesses, it is in your best interest, or he believes it is in your best interest. So, again, this is the the Don Lemon plan. The Don Lemon plan, which is basically, hey, if you're not vaccinated, you need to not go out in public. Now, I alluded earlier, last segment, um, if I can find it here really quickly, there's, I got a, um, got a, a request, if you will, and this, this happens, you know, quite a bit when we get, um, you know, requests for people who are, you know, wanting to be on the program and that sort of thing. Here it is. There's an event called Stop the Shot. Website is truthforhealth.org. Now, I haven't looked into this substantially, so I'm only saying this because I'm just sharing information. You can check it out on your own. Um, It says here, it's scheduled for tomorrow, 12 p.m. Eastern, um, attorney, there's attorneys involved in, in details and, uh, sorry, doctors involved in this. And some of the names of the doctors would be Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Michael, uh, Yaden, Dr. Elizabeth Lee Villett, no, Vleet, excuse me, and Dr. Jose, uh, Tresancos. And these folks are And there's others as well. These are folks, it says here, um, who will be discussing some vital information related to COVID vaccination and clinical trials and so forth. So um, I got to take a break here a little bit early, but we'll talk about this after the break. Sit tight back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So this here, I'm getting back into what this email that I got yesterday about this event said. It says that there's a group that is looking at, um, well, they're, they're looking at talking about things with the vaccine that haven't really been talked about in, I mean, in the media, it's just not allowed to happen. So they're trying to make people aware of some of the things that, some of the concerns that they have. And 
that includes what they're saying is 45,000 deaths from the vaccination versus the what they're calling the VAERS. Uh, that, that's a, a website where you can go and you can see information. Now, it's not... It's not necessarily 100% accurate because I think it's, it's you know, the way that the data is collected and shared and so forth. It's kind of a voluntary report and it's not, uh, there, it's not up to complete normal standards of other, uh, the way that other data is reported. But this group is saying that the death from, the, and I'm not saying this is true. I'm just saying that there are folks in the medical community who, who have some other concerns about this, 45,000 deaths versus the 11,000 that's currently being reported. So that is, you know, that's out there as well. But we're not allowed to say that. We're not allowed to, you know, deal with that. We're not allowed to address that. In fact, who knows? Again, and I'm not even making the claim I'm simply saying that it's information and there are people in the medical community who have these who have these concerns, right? And I think that you know what's what's wrong with being in, informed and um and and being able to ask. Maybe that's maybe they're wrong in their assessment, right? Maybe maybe the deaths are nowhere near that from the vaccine. Maybe the deaths are are that maybe it's even and look I I don't know is the point and we're the, it's just to get to the point where we're at and not be able to have a free exchange of ideas um, just is a little bit crazy you're supposed to only think one thing you're supposed to do it the way that the government tells you and if you don't do it then I mean it's really <laughs> It's really, they're going to force you. I mean, that's where we are. We've got Cuomo now saying that if you don't, uh, that that businesses should not allow you to come in unless, unless you're vaccinated. And that, my friends, is, I don't know, it's, it's, it's just scary times that we live in. I mean, are we, I mean, to the point to where they're saying you can't go to the grocery store, that's what Don Lemon said. The other day, you can't go to the grocery store if you're not vaccinated. So you don't want people to eat. I just, this doesn't sound quite right. And again, if you're vaccinated, they're telling us that the incidence of hospitalization and severe illness is minuscule. In fact, they're telling us that the number of breakthrough cases is minuscule as well. So... People that have been vaccinated who have who have the virus. So I want to shift gears here slightly and to add to this insanity. I saw this headline um, at the Blaze. This was on Sunday. Is that right? Sunday? Yeah, Sunday the first. There's a bill going through the state of, of course, the People's Republic of California, and. It's the menstrual equity bill. Have you seen this? The menstrual equity bill would require California public colleges to provide period products 
for transgender men, non-binary, and gender non-conforming people who may menstruate. So they've passed the, a bill in the legislature in the, in the People's Republic of California. It's not passed yet, I believe. It's still working its way through the system. But that bill would require public universities. Again, I'm looking at the blaze here um, about this. By the way, we have um, – I'm getting better at posting it, what we call the stack of stuff. Again, a hat, uh, hat tip to the great Rush Limbaugh. But we post the stack of stuff on our uh, online community, community.toddhuffshow.com, and you can see some of the articles that I've – Come to the program ready to talk about. We usually, well, we never get to all of them, but you can see at least some of the things that we've been looking at and talking and planning to talk about in some way, shape, manner, or form. And sometimes, sometimes these things, uh, you know, we may re- we might reference them really quickly, and you might want to look at the article later, what have you. But this um, this article here is saying that this bill that is working its way through the legislature in the People's Republic of California is going to require public universities, community colleges, secondary schools in the state to provide free menstrual products on 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 campus. And which is its own thing, right? I mean, you I'm not saying that that should or shouldn't be done, but that's that's the first part of this is that they're they're going to provide um, menstrual uh, complementary period products on campus. But the bill specifies the bill specifically notes that this is not just for girls and women. It's also to be intended to be used by biological males, including. Transgender men, non-binary, and gender non-conforming people who also may menstruate. Assembly member Christina Garcia, a Democrat representing the 58th Assembly District, introduced the bill. The Menstrual Equality Act, excuse me, Equity Act of For All 2021, and it would require, quote, all public schools serving Students in grades 6 to 12, the California State University and each California community college district and public agencies that maintain restrooms and facilities for the public and for employees to stock at least 50% of the restrooms with feminine hygiene products at all times and regents uh, and request the regents of the University of California and higher education, private higher education institutions to do the same. So that's um, that's the latest, I guess, trek into modern insanity. By the way, that also reminds me of what the seed, not the CDC, the um, American Medical Association. The American Medical Association is actually now, and I've got to take a break here in a moment, but they're out there saying that if you they want to stop putting biological sex on birth certificates that's going to be represent or that's going to be i guess argued for by the 
American Medical Association. This is in the National Review, and we'll have to get to the bulk of this after the break. But AMA to urge end of sex ID on all birth certificates. All birth certificates. So, did that sound very scientific to you, by the way? It's just how quickly, how quickly some of these things have fallen upon the American people. How quickly we have gone from, I mean, really, gone from gender reveal parties, right? That was a big thing. It still is, I guess, amongst some people. And I'm not criticizing or just saying it was a big thing. And now, now it's basically, um, you know, the, this is so 2019 almost. Gender isn't even, or biological sex is now literally being opposed as to being put, placed on a birth certificate by the um, American Medical Association. We'll get into that after the break. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back. So, so talking here about the American Medical Association and they are and they're I guess they they passed a resolution here that would effectively end the designation of sex in all future birth certificates. This is where this is where we find ourselves today. The resolution this is at the nationalreview.com The resolution passed by the American Medical Association Board of Trustees distinguishes between the certificate of live birth, which is used for simple data collection of vital statistics, and a birth certificate, which is proof uh, for the born person that he or she was indeed uh, born, but they want the biological sex um, recorded for the former as a private matter of record keeping. So, but for now, they're going to, um, well, you know how this stuff starts. It starts with one particular area and then it expands, expands into others. But this doesn't seem very scientific to me. And to have the American Medical Association come and say that we don't want biological sex to be on records um, that are involved in helping us count. I mean, this is bowing to the political pressures, the political pressures of the radical, the radical left. I mean, biological sex is, is something that is rooted in reality. It is something that is very pro-science. It is something that is, I mean, it's, it's undeniable what it is. And now we're actually having a push to remove it as part of our um, culture, as part of our 
just the way that that we keep records these things don't matter i guess this lays the groundwork for the idea that um gender is something that is chosen by a child at some other point in the future not by the parents and certainly not by the dna but this again is is so anti so anti science and Again, we're also told that sex and gender are not the same thing. So what's the big deal here? But it's, you know, you wonder what's next. You wonder what is next. And we also wonder why people are so confused. And we wonder why some people have such a hard time accepting and receiving truth. And it's because of because of stuff like this. That, I don't want to blame it on this. This is This is as much symptomatic of the underlying problems that we have in a society or culture is anything else, but it's also, um, that also shapes and also shapes the direction. It also validates certain beliefs and worldviews and so forth and undermines or delegitimizes in some way, shape, manner, or form others. But here we go down this path. It's just, it's crazy to be, to be saying this. You know, when I was in school, back when you had to walk five miles to school uphill both ways and back home, but this this sort of thing would have never been remotely considered possible, right? And that's just, that's the nature of these things. Now, I will say these things are insidious. They're everywhere. They've, they've kind of weaseled their way in and it's in all aspects of society, and then once they once they get rooted in there and once you're not allowed to say certain things or ask certain questions or make certain points once your opinions are deemed as hate speech because they're not inclusive or whatever the word might be um, and, and and I think I think it's again people misunderstand we're you know we're conservative not bitter on here I think a lot of what people need, they need they need truth. They need it sometimes in a better way, in a more loving way than it's being delivered by some folks. But at the end of the day, you know, the grace, the concept of grace and being kind and in fact I had someone text me a Bible verse last night that, that reminds me of this. It's in 2 Timothy. I don't want to make this a sermon, but I do want to read this because it just kind of came up organically here. But it says this, And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. I, I just... The verse basically here is is talking about our approach, right? Our approach, our thinking, the way that we go about it. Um, but so sometimes the approach isn't right, and sometimes it is unnecessarily hateful, or you know, there's people making fun of others or whatever. That's not a good thing. I'm not con- I'm not condoning or suggesting we go to that, but I am saying. If there's opinions, if there's reasons, if there's rationale, well, even if they're just just for the sake of free speech, the freedom to express one's ideas and thoughts, we have to allow for 
for some of this stuff. Now you're not allowed to oppose some of these some of these very basic ideas, even ideas that are fundamentally rooted in in science. The that life begins at conception is another example that the the radical left who tells us they're pro-science, they can never quite seem to figure out that obvious truth. So anyway, there you have it. Twick, a quick time out is necessary. Come back and wrap up. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Friends, by the way, program Bart, uh, brought to you in part by our friends at Indiana Wooded Paradise. It's located in Morgan County. It's about an hour south of Indianapolis, 30 minutes north of Bloomington, nestled on 150 wooded acres. There's hiking, fishing. There's a lake house that's 11,000 plus square feet, has a theater, has a game room, a gym. A woodman's bath. It's a, I mean, just a nice, quiet place where you can have a retreat. There's a large deck that overlooks the lake, outdoor games, fire pits, you name it. Plenty of nature to boot. Check them out, indianaparadiseretreat.com, or you can call them 317-966-3100. Two five Indiana Paradise Retreat.com. So there you go. I mean, we've got a lot that we went through today. There's other stuff that again that I wanted to get to in the stack of the stack of stuff, but you know, you can't uh, we can't get to all of it in an hour. But this there's a lot of fronts that we're fighting you know, th- this battle on. Um and it's being fought in the media, it's being fought in education. That's why, folks, it's important. I know it can be a lot to take in, but it's important to stay involved with what's what's going on in the local school district. It's important to know what your students are being taught, your children are being taught. It's important not to be hoodwinked and misled and deceived by the folks in the media. And that's what we try to help walk you through here each and every day. So I appreciate you tuning in. I hope you have a wonderful day. Keep your head up. Nothing to worry about. Remember, truth is ultimately on our side. So I appreciate you all very much. Have a wonderful day. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.